Hello, this is Doc Dante of Zero to Sixty, and I'm listening to Inner Tea Talk with Milani Shani. Milani's mission is to help inspire and facilitate global empowerment using alternative technologies to clear old cellular memory and to illuminate the light of authentic living. Milani has dedicated her life to promoting well-being in the community and helping others to thrive and grow in every area of their lives. From Hustle and Grind to CEO Divine, three steps on how to leave the grind behind. Let's look at some questions for reflection. Are you tired yet? Are you tired of grinding? Are you tired of living from paycheck to paycheck? Have you tried to start a business and failed? Are you tired of not being in control of your own schedule? Are you ready to live your dreams and visions? If you answer yes to any of these questions, you may be ready to leave the grind behind and step into your CEO divine. Greetings, sippers. I hope you all brought your tea to sip on while we talk inner tea talk today. And don't worry about adding that sugar or honey to your tea. We're going to sweeten up your inner tea. And today, with our topic, From Hustle and Grind to CEO Divine, I am Milani Shani, your hostess and self-mastery educator, entrepreneur, author, and life coach, and you are listening to Inner Tea Talk. First and foremost, we want to thank you so much for listening to Inner Tea Talk and for helping us spread our message of global empowerment around the world. If you like what you're hearing here, please do um, share and send out um, our link to your friends so that they can hear Inner Tea Talk and get some um, inner tea for their soul. So let's jump right into our topic. This is really a good topic. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time, over three decades, and I really love entrepreneurship, but it hasn't always been easy. It's been difficult to release a lot of the things that comes with having a job and being used to going to work every day and getting a paycheck. So I thought today I would talk a little bit about my journey going from um, hustle and grind to CEO divine. So I was basically that person. Like I was, people used to call me the hustle queen because I was out there when I um, left my job. I worked for IRS for 10 years and I decided one day that I no longer wanted to work at the IRS. I felt like um, and this could be with any job. It's not just about the IRS. This could be uh, working anywhere. But I just felt like I just was pushing paper. I didn't feel like I was really... um, you know, getting anywhere. Uh, There was very little room for me to move. And I had to move all the way from Atlanta to DC to even get an opportunity to get a promotion um, and to move out of the position that I was in. I just felt like I was in a rut. 
I felt like I was stuck and I no longer wanted to be stuck. I also felt like it was a pattern and a cycle in my family to be like working for the government, but I didn't see a lot of happiness. Like back then in the 90s and 80s, you know, it was like you had your good government job, you know, and you didn't want to leave your good government job because that was like the big thing then. And, um, not so much now, but back then it was it was the thing to do. And so I just didn't feel like that's the life that I wanted. I didn't see my family members who were working for the government. I saw them have like steady incomes and things, but I didn't see the joy. And I really wanted that. I wanted a life that was balanced. I wanted to be happy and do work that I love. So one day I decided that I was going to write my letter of resignation for the IRS. And I wrote the letter and put it in my desk. I didn't put a date on it. I just put it in my desk. So about a year after I did that, it was probably a year to the day, I resigned. And I I will never forget because I was 30 years old because my uh, supervisor at the time or manager was like, you know, Milani, what are you going to do? You're only 30 years old. You know, what what in the world are you going to do out here if you're not going to go to another job or do something else? And I told her, I said, I looked at her in her eyes and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do this. So that was history. And a lot of the friends and people I had there was like, you know, you'll be back, you'll be back. And I'm happy to say it's 23 years later and I haven't even looked back for one moment. And there was a lot of lessons that I had to learn because I did not know at the time the journey that was ahead of me. And I'm really happy (laughs) that I didn't know. A lot of us don't like to be in the unknown. We like to know every single thing that's going on. We want to know every step before we make it. But I'm so glad I did not know the journey that was before me because I would not have ever left that job. And here, 23 years later, um, being a CEO for over you know two decades, I am so happy that I made that decision to leave that job. And the point there is that sometimes, you know, even when you don't know, just make sure that you're making a decision that you can um, own, that you could take ownership for. Because sometimes when you don't know. You really don't want to make the decision. You don't know what's ahead of you. You don't know how you're going to do it, but you know you just need to do it. And that's where I was. So I walked out of that place. And at the time, I was working in um, D.C. And my father had made his transition, passed away, and I no longer wanted to be in that city. So I, I packed my bags, I quit my job, and I and I came back to Atlanta really one of the best decisions I ever made in my entire life. But I didn't know, again, what was ahead of me. I had no idea what it meant to really not have a job and not have a paycheck because I had pretty much had a job ever since I was around 15 years old. So I didn't have a clue what it meant not to really work and not to you know have a paycheck coming in and not to have money coming in. I had a little money saved. I had some money from my inheritance from my dad, but it wasn't much money. It lasted me maybe six months. And so as I began to run out of money, I started thinking about what 
what it is I wanted to do. Of course, my passion was around what I do today, which is uh, life coaching. I did a lot of counseling, ministerial counseling, that type of thing um, back then. But, you know, of course, people, you know, back then you were doing love offerings and, you know, you definitely can't live off the love offerings. So, you know, I really wanted to know, like, what can I do to uh, subsidize my my um, income? So I started grinding. So for me, I've always been just a great salesperson, a great customer service person. And so I thought maybe I could just sell stuff. So I started to create my own greeting cards business. I started to buy jewelry for church ladies and go shopping for them. I started to um, sell paintings and watches and whatever it is that I felt like would sell. I would get up early in the morning and I would fill up my trunk, go out to the warehouses, wholesale warehouses and buy up everything. And then I would fill up my trunk and my commitment to myself was not to come home until everything was gone. Well, needless to say, I was out a lot of days, 14 hours, 12 hour days trying to grind and move everything, all of the stuff I had. So then I thought I got smart and I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is instead of driving around, going to find people that want to buy what I have, I'm going to partner with people like my apartment complex at the time and other people. And I'm going to just, um, you know, set up. And so when I set my stuff up, people can just drive by and if they like it, they can buy it. If they don't, they don't have to. That way I don't have to be out here running behind people. So I thought that was going to be good. And, you know, not so much. I mean, people, I had a good time. I had a ball. I love talking to people. I love being with people, showing people what I had, but it didn't pay the bills. So what I realized later on was I had a serious paycheck consciousness. Like I really didn't do the work, the personal work that I needed to do before I stepped out of my job. I was just tired of the job. I was tired of them telling me when I could be sick, when I could go on vacation. I was tired of them, you know, ruling my schedule and me showing up and being undervalued. You know, I just knew that I didn't want to be there anymore, but I didn't think about, you know, I have a paycheck consciousness, which means that, you know, I'm used to getting a a paycheck and I'm used to getting a paycheck for like 15 years. So that's my conditioning. So if I'm not getting a paycheck, then I'm out here grinding with the paintings and selling stuff, but it's not selling for my bills. It's really a hobby in my head. In my head is like a hobby. In my fantasy is like going to pay my bills, right? So that was in my fantasy life. But in my mind, I was like really feeling like this was a hobby. Like I didn't really believe that I could one, make a living doing what I loved, which was really ministerial work, counseling, um, coaching and that type of thing. And number two, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe that I could, you know, people wanted what I was selling, even though I stepped out and started selling it. It was really crazy, quite schizophrenic. So when I realized I had the paycheck consciousness, I had to stop and think about it for a minute. Like, how can I release the fact that I believe the only way that I can make it, the only way that I can pay my bills, the only way that I can have finances is to get a paycheck? How can I release that? 
And so what I started doing was I started meditating on my money comes from everywhere. Like it can come from the east, the west, the north, the south. It can come unexpectedly in the mail. It can come from the trees. It can come from the sky. It can come from uh, gifts. It can come from donation. Money can come from any and everywhere. And I have more than enough. And so I just started to say this every day. Every day, every day. And what happened was where I was having people come into my house and sit down and have counseling and coaching with me and stick $2 in my love offering box, I moved to a space where I started understanding how valuable what was coming through me and how it was helping people in my life. And so then I started to let people know, listen, this is not because back then it was like, you know, well, you're not supposed to pay for spiritual work and all that. You know, I heard all the excuses. And my thing is, you're not paying for spiritual work. Spiritual work is free. You're paying for my time, which is not free. Right. You're paying for the fact that I can have time to sit with you for an hour, hour and a half or two hours to help you and guide you through your life. And so when I was able to shift my consciousness into number one, I don't just have to get my money through a paycheck. And number two, my time was very valuable. And number three, believe in myself. Then I was able to start to build and become a CEO. That was one of the most powerful lessons for me. I struggled a lot. I lost my lights, you know, my house, you know, I never really got evicted. I, you know, I was, um, you know, almost evicted, you know, I had to move a couple of times, but I never got evicted when I was very young, like 18 years old, I was homeless for a little bit. So that was like my big thing. Like I needed to have a home and I always maintained my home. I may not have always had lights in there, but I did maintain. But that was one of the things that was very powerful for me. When I look back at that time now, it's like, wow, how in the world did I make it? How was I on my own? with no support out here selling paintings and watches, buying jewelry for church ladies. How in the world did I make it? I still, I'm still looking back like, wow. And there was something inside of me. There was a resilience. There was a people always say, and one of my friends always says, there's a fire in my belly. And it's absolutely true. There was a fire in my belly and there was passion in my belly. All I needed to do was heal what I had learned that wasn't true. I had to get beyond the conditioning of what people, what I thought people Um, what people were telling me, I was, how people was telling me that I was supposed to live and how I really wanted to live. What was true for me and what was not true for me. I had to make the distinction between what I had learned and what was real. 
right? And so that period in the valley, um, that I'll call it, where I was struggling, just trying to make it and trying to figure out how to, you know, get people to buy stuff and how to, you know, buy stuff that people really valued and they wanted. And then on the other hand, how was, how was going to get people to value what I was giving them? They said they valued it, but they didn't want to value it in money and currency. And so, you know, that whole period in my life was one of the most difficult but most profound periods in my life. There was something inside of me, it was spirit, it was God, it was it was the fire inside of me that said, this is the work that you're supposed to be doing. I heard all kinds of voices in my head. It's like, you can do better than this. You need to go back and get your job. You, you know, you, you have, you're so smart. You're so intelligent. You could do this. You can do that. You know, but there was a fire in me that said no. So I did go and get a couple of little jobs. I, you know, delivered newspapers. I, you know, um, worked as an office manager. I, um, did uh, a whole bunch of other stuff to collect a child support collection. I mean, it was a lot of different little odd jobs that I did. The last job that I had was an office manager and I was an office manager in a family member's dental space. And I tell you what, I worked so hard in that space. And some of the results that we got as a result of me working hard were phenomenal. And I was made promises that just weren't kept. I was so stressed out. There were so many things happening to my body and my health, just being stressed out, trying to prove myself in that space, trying to get you know those family members to see me and to value me. And it never happened. And one day I just was like, you know what? I can't can't do this anymore. I can't be in a space anymore where I'm, you know, doing my best and I'm, you know, killing myself and I'm trying to prove myself and we can see many, many improvements like this. My family members are telling other people about, you know, how wonderful and improved everything is, but I'm still not being valued. I still don't feel like I'm being appreciated in that space. And so that was finally the last job that I ever had. At that point, I was like, I don't care if I have to live under a rock in a trailer park. It does not matter. I'm not working for anyone else period. I made that decision on that day and I never looked back. Right? And so a couple of things changed for me. Not only did the paycheck consciousness change for me, but also looking for other people to value me changed for me. I started to see my own value and appreciate my own value. So I didn't need other people to appreciate it. I started to set the tone for my own value and let people rise to that if that's what they chose. So if people came into my life and did, they didn't want to rise to the value or they weren't already there in alignment with the value, then it was okay for me to say to them, you know, maybe this is not the time for you to be here. Whereas before I was like, oh, let me figure out how to help you and to my own detriment. And I know there's many of you out there who are listening to this podcast right now who have helped people and are still helping people. 
and giving to your detriment. We hear all the time, give, give, give. You should always give, you know, but there's a lot of layers to that. It's not just be giving, giving, giving to your detriment. You have to make distinctions and use your discernment to know when to give, who to give. And then also to make sure you're okay. Why would you give to your detriment? People reward that a lot. They reward people who sacrifice their lives and give to their detriment. And it's like, oh, this person gave to their detriment and they lost this and that because they gave. You know, And we see that and I'm like, that for me is not okay. Right. And so for me and my house and for how I live, it's like we don't have to do that. And so I had to learn how to not to keep giving, 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 giving to my own detriment and to really begin to care about myself as much as I cared about others because I really love people. I still do. That's just like my thing. I love people. I love helping people. I love giving. That's important. But I had to learn how to receive. I had to learn how to be on the other side of reciprocation. I had to learn the laws of generosity and reciprocity. And when I was able to learn that, my whole life changed. So no longer was I out helping other people while my lights were off, but I was able to help people and have lights and have the value of my life and not watch myself help other people while I, my life passed me by and I had experienced no joy. Let's take a quick break here to warm up our tea and we're going to come back and sip on some more tea to heal our inner soul. Hello, this is Shaka Singleton with The Alchemist Group and I'm listening to Inner Tea Talk with Milani Shani. Thank you for listening to Inner Tea Talk with Milani Shani and sipping on this healing tea for your soul. Please follow and share our podcast so that we can spread our message of global empowerment to everyone. For more information about our mission, products, and services, please visit our website at MilaniShani.com. That's M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I.com. Get your souls ready to sip on this. I don't know how I got off on that tangent talking about living from paycheck to paycheck, but that was the first step, living paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes I do get off on a tangent and what I realize is my tangents are spirit led. So hopefully there's somebody out there that got something from that spirit led inner T. Okay, so let's move on to the second step, which is um, believe in yourself even when nobody else does. So this one right here is is really key. It was key for me in being able to move from, you know, the hustle and grind to CEO divine. You know, I really had to, I talk about this a lot, start to see myself through my own eyes instead of through the eyes of others. So others saw me as one thing, but I saw myself as another thing. And some people saw me how I saw myself. And some people saw higher versions of me. Like what I'm doing now, there's people back in the 80s who was telling me that I would be doing this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, right? 
But I, I had to learn how to see myself through my own eyes, believe what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm being led to do, believe in my visions and my dreams, believe that whatever is downloaded to me, whatever is shown to me is possible. Whatever is being given to me and being prompted, you know, in, inside of me by my inner spirit, then it's possible. It doesn't matter what the outside things are. It doesn't matter what the outside circumstances are. A lot of times we get caught up in looking at the outside circumstances and we lose sight of our spirit led, our divine purpose, which no outside circumstances can mess with if we don't allow it. If we allow it, everything can be, um, you know, messed with. Everything can be intruded upon. Everything can become an obstacle if we allow that. But believing in myself, even when people were like, why do you want to do the counseling thing? Why do you want to be minister? You, you, you didn't even go to, uh, to seminary, you didn't even, you know, you, you haven't, you didn't even go into a church and be, you know, ordained. You didn't even do this. You didn't even do that. And, and, you know, I, I listened to people tell me what I didn't do while I was watching people who were coming to me to get advice and wisdom change their entire lives. And that's what really kept me on the course. And people who started out with me when I started this work 30 years ago, they're not doing this work right now. They're out, they have jobs and, you know, doing their thing. And they're just now really like, wow, I could have really done this because I was, when you're in the work that you want to do, when you're in your dream, when you believe in your purpose, when you believe in that spiritual prompting, if you go out and do the work, you'll be shown why you have to stay the course. And so that's what I was doing. I was talking to people every day. People were coming to me. People were asking me to speak at different events. And I would go speak and I would see the transformation in people. I would see whole audiences and whole churches shift. I would see pastors shift when I was speaking in the churches. I would see it happen, even though people were telling me, you're not qualified. You weren't called. You know, that's not what you need to do. That's not going to work. I was hearing people tell me that while I was seeing transformation take place before my eyes. This is why it is your belief in yourself that is going to drive you into your purpose, that is going to reveal your purpose, that is going to take care of you when everything around you says, this doesn't make sense. Because here I am 30 years later, still in the work, taking it to the next level with no question about what I need to do. I'm not on the grinding. I don't need to grind anymore. I don't have to go out and spend 12 and 14 hour days trying to grind because I am divinely CEO. Not appointed by the world, but appointed by God, by spirit. When I was born, the day I was born, I was appointed by spirit to do the work that I'm doing right now in this moment. I believe that Everyone has an appointed purpose. 
And when we go to school and different things, we sit with elders or we learn however we learn when we get certified to do things and all that. I feel like it's a development. It should be a development of your divine appointment. A lot of people are out here developing things that they weren't born to do. And they get miserable and angry and mad and have all kinds of struggles because you're trying to do something you weren't born to do. Or you, 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 you're not doing what you was born to do because somebody's telling you that you're not qualified. Whatever you were born to do, you were qualified at birth. All you need is development to remember and to get out there and to do what you do. Be who you are. However you decide that works. If you feel like you want to go to school, university to develop it, you feel like you want to take some courses to develop it, whatever it is, follow the promptings in your inner soul because your inner soul will show you the way 100%. And that's the third step. (laughs) I let myself right into it. Follow your inner promptings. This is key. For me, this was key. Because as I said, I had a lot of people outside of me with that whole, you know, you probably, you know, don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? Are you qualified? You know, all kinds of questions outside of me. All kinds of doubt outside of me from the people who were closest to me. And I had to distance myself a lot of times just to Keep listening to that inner prompting, to that spiritual guidance that was saying, keep going. Not just for my destiny, which is to support others, but also to support myself. Because I always tell people, you know, it's so glorious and so beautiful to be able to see people's lives change just by you being yourself. And that that's what was happening and what is still happening in my life. I'm being myself and people are getting supported and their lives are being transformed as a result. So when you follow your inner promptings, you can be authentic, as authentic as you can and you know how to be. And everything you need will synchronize with you and align with you. It's an amazing thing. When you, when you follow those inner promptings and that spiritual guidance, it's like people just show up or you'll get a prompting to, to reach out to somebody and they'll be like, you know what? I was thinking about you or I was going to bring you this or I need you to meet somebody that I think can help you. It's an amazing thing when you really get on your path to purpose. When you're out here grinding, can you make some things happen? Absolutely. You're human. You can use your human energy to make happen whatever you want to happen. But can you sustain it is the question. And can you sustain it joyfully and stress-free? Can you sustain it in a way that you have a powerfully, beautiful, amazing quality of life? Can you grind? Absolutely. People do it every day. 
But what is your quality of life when you're on the grind? Let me tell you, this CEO divine is not a game. It's a lot of personal work. You constantly have to be growing and releasing layers and releasing conditionings and old belief systems and being self-aware and taking ownership and knowing everything begins and ends with me. You know, you it's work, but it's inner work. And when you do the inner work, you get to see the outer results, which is amazing. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. So what I'm going to challenge you all today to do is to release the grind. And you can release the grind energetically. Even if you keep your job, if you keep doing what you're doing, you can release it energetically in your mind. You can be like, you know what? I'm ready to tap into my CEO divine. I have a dream. I have a vision. I have a spiritual prompting. I have a soul's purpose. And it was with me at birth. And I want to tap into that. I want to reveal that. And I want to reveal it now. You can say this to yourself daily. You can look in the mirror and say, show me more of me every day. I want to be more of me every day, the natural me, the, the, the inner soul me. I want to be more of who I am every day. Show me who I am. Show me the CEO divine in me. And watch things start to synchronize to you. Now, when things come up for you to do, you have to go ahead and make it happen. You know? I was talking, it was so funny. I was talking to a friend the other day and I was talking to her about a class I was doing, entrepreneur training class I'm doing. And I was talking to her about being in the class. And, you know, she was like, you know, I really don't want to be in the class, but I'm trying to figure out what my next step is because I'm starting my business and I want to know what my next step is. And I was like, well, that's what the class is for. <laughs> what what What's happening? You know, and she was like, well, you know, I really don't want to do class. I'm like, okay, all right, I hear you. But a lot of times when things come to us for us to be able to take ourselves to the next level, we say no to it, especially if we don't recognize it and it's not familiar to us. But let me tell you a little secret. It is the unfamiliar and the unknown that's going to get you to where you want to go. You've already done the familiar. You've already done what you know, and it has not gotten you where you wanted to go. And it won't. It is only what you are not familiar with, what is unknown to you in the moment. Because as soon as you cross over, you're going to recognize it. Whatever it is or wherever it is or whomever it is that is supporting you, to elevate yourself into your divine CEO is going to be super duper familiar to you once you get over there. Once you step into that space, you're going to be like, wow, this feels like home. But before you step into it, it's going to be very uncomfortable. And when we're uncomfortable, we know we're growing. There's no growth in comfort. So 
So I'm going to ask each of you to think about these three steps in your life. Releasing the paycheck consciousness, believing in yourself, and following your inner promptings. Think about what I've said to you here today. And and ask yourself, how can I now do something right now that's not going to be to my detriment to put myself in a position where I no longer, I can leave the grind behind and step into my CEO divine. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to, you know, you can be a, you know, you need to have your own company or anything like that. You may not even have those aspirations, but your CEO divine is all about being on purpose, about following your path, about living your life divinely and having a a powerful, purposeful quality of life. Having joy and peace and love and light. Does that mean you're never going to have any challenges? Uh, Of course not. You're going to have challenges. Things are going to come. But it won't be those grueling obstacles that's taking you out. Like you can't even get out of bed in the morning. Like you got to take medicine to even do anything. I want you to really consider allowing yourself to be who you were born to be. Allowing yourself to be who you were born to be. Call that forward before you take any physical steps. Take a mental, take a spiritual step. Take a mental step. Take an emotional step. And then the physical step will come. It will, you will align yourself with what's the next thing you need to do on the outside. Just know that you were born CEO divine. You were not born to grind. So I hope everyone got something out of this podcast today. Um, I was so excited about this subject. Like I said, it's one of my favorite subjects. I probably have another hour I can go, but I won't. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you really like this uh, podcast, like I said at the beginning, please do share it um, with other people. Also, you can click the button if you're listening to this on Anchor. You could click the message button right above the podcast play um, button and leave me a message. Let me know how you felt about it. I would love to hear your comments about um, what you thought about the message and whatever gems you got from it. So again, my name is Milani Shani. You've been listening to Inner Tea Talk podcast. And um, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at innerteatalk at gmail.com. Again, that's innerteatalk at gmail.com. You can go to my website if you're interested in um, what type of support I offer. And that is at milanishani.com, M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I. And if you'd like to take classes with me, if you want to learn more about yourself, more about being an entrepreneur leader, um, if you need support around that area, you can go to my online university and that is at auniversity.com. Right now we have a beautiful course available. It's called Heal You 2020. It's an amazing course and you can read about that at auniversity.com or if you just want to email me at innerteatalk at gmail.com that I will send you the link to, to that class. So have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you again for listening to Inner Tea Talk and we'll see you next time.